0: Hello and welcome to From My Home to Yours, episode 15. I'm Matt. I'm Bernadine.
1: And we're going in for a pretty chill one this week, I think.
0: Yes, let's chillax. Yeah,
1: let's to kind of have a relax bit of fun. the cax. Oh, that's a, <laughs> a funny story. Straight segue.
0: away, your face looked incredibly worried. <laughs>
1: Well, it's funny. um, We're going to be talking about Irishisms this week for a little bit of the show. And you started with an Australianism
0: right off the bat. I see. I can't help it. I am. I am. You are. We are Australian. We are one. Again, a short musical interlude. I do apologise. do apologise.
1: But what do we usually do in our cacks? Actually, is it our dacks?
0: You dack somebody's cacks?
1: Yeah, we cack our dacks in Australia. Okay. Which is pooping the pants.
0: Pooping the pants. <laughs> Poopy <laughs> pants. <laughs> I-, I love the professional start of this episode. It's awesome. I don't think I've said my name yet, have I?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you did.
0: <laughs> I'm Bernadine. Not that it matters.
1: <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Auto. I'm Bernadine. Auto. Who are you? Cacking your decks. <laughs>
0: We got our tea tonic delivery this week, guys. And to say there was great excitement is to put it mildly. was so, so thrilled that it arrived, actually arrived earlier than estimated. It wasn't meant to arrive until the first week of September. So we're thrilled mm. that it arrived. And I've just made us a pot of chocolate chai tea. This was the one I got as a surprise for Matt because I thought he would like it. Mm. And we are very much, we have literally just had one sip each. Sláinte. Sláinte. And oh my gosh, guys, it is absolutely delicious strongly recommend that this is one that you invest in before the promo code is gone at the end of August. Mm-hmm. FMHTY20 for orders over $40 Australian. Absolutely delightful. So we are huge fans already of dark chocolate and black tea, French Earl Grey, Um, and turns out chocolate chai is on the list now too. So be prepared. There's really no bad teas from tea Tonic. No. There's not. No. It's impossible.
1: It's a mystery in a box too this one smelled like christmas fruit pudding but tastes like chai chocolate so it's just it's, it's a really good one it's excellent
0: yeah it's really excellent
1: add it to the list but there is a, an additional tip that we come to terms with living in ireland as well as what we may have misrepresented to you the listener about this yeah is that there was a customs charge correct for the package arriving in ireland so if you are in ireland and or potentially the UK or anywhere in the EU and have ordered this, mm-hmm. there may be something a little bit extra you have to pay on top just to get it.
0: There may be and there may not. I, I think, due to the size of our order, that's why we had a customs charge. But I think if oh. it was a smaller order, it wouldn't be, the charge wouldn't necessarily exist, I believe. Okay. I think it's because I just went to town because I was like, all the tonic teas for me, please. And uh, it was a Tea Mogul tax. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> tea, lo- tea overlord. <laughs> that's what I am. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was so
1: expensive. Evil T mogul tax. Evil
0: tea. Um Yeah, no, but I ultimately very much worth it. Glad to have it here and we'll enjoy it for months to come. Mm, delicious. So we've got a couple of shout outs to make. Do you want to start off with the first one, Matt?
1: Yes. So um, we recently got in touch with people that we haven't seen since uh 2016 2016, yeah yeah. and you know we saw them in person and they mentioned the podcast and how much they were enjoying it in fact starting to think about you know potentially yeah like having that at the back of your mind and i think they appreciated someone else doing the homework a bit too (laughs) yeah um this is eugene and olivia that yeah we haven't seen since 2016 and we got to see again yeah a couple of weeks ago
0: They're home from Canada. So they're representing for Canada. They're spreading the word about the podcast over there. And yeah, just really appreciate you listening. And we really appreciate you as people. Yes. The next shout out is for Brian, who got in touch to say how much he's enjoying the podcast, but also to say that he has a man crush on Matt. And uh, I messaged him back and said, that's great because I have a crush on Matt as well. So it works out for everybody.
1: (laughs) Too bad it's a bit of a loaded game. (laughs) Someone, someone's already won that, but, um, yeah, Brian, thank you. I I appreciate it. Just no, no fan mail and no creepy stalking, please. (laughs)
0: And the last shout out is to Ruth, who promoted our podcast on Irish expats. And she said that she was finding it really useful. So thank you, Ruth. It's great to get that feedback from listeners that they are finding what we're discussing or what we're including or the interviews helpful. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but we really appreciate you saying it because obviously we don't necessarily know these things until people tell us. So yeah, thanks a million.
1: Yeah. We love hearing from you guys as well. Again, quick reminder, fmhtypodcast at gmail.com you want to email or you can send us a dm on the instagram at fmhty podcast
0: yeah and we have received some emails and some dms and we do receive them you know sometimes a lot and then none for a while and then a lot more but yeah we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you um thank you to everybody who's following us on instagram as well just to kind of keep up with what's going on so hmm. great to hear from you love you guys and uh, we did say that we've received uh, lots of five star reviews which we absolutely appreciate but my mom told me a story about uh, a review of the podcast which was I I would say less than favorable Uh, it did come from my five-year-old nephew and my mom put on the (laughs) podcast um, on speaker at home just let it run in the background while he was playing just to see what he would he notice you know when he was working away and his ears were kind of pricked up and mommy said who's that and he said it's Santi Bernstein and Uncle Matt and uh Mom said, yeah, and he said, what are they doing? And mommy said, oh, they've they've made a podcast and a couple of minutes passed. And he said, Granny, can you switch that off? I I want to listen to my stories. So it turns out it's not our target audience. Um, Five-year-olds don't often make decisions about moving or making big life changes, but it definitely, um, it grounded us, it brought us down to earth and it made us realise that we're not, literally not everybody's cup of tea. And that's fine. That's okay. That's all right.
1: It's it's an important journey for the podcaster to know (laughs) that not everyone is going to like what you do, which is fine. And some
0: people are going to be very honest about how little they like what you do. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I think it would be a bit creepy if we could have a representative target niche in our podcast analytics that said zero to five year olds.
0: <laughs> They're loving it. They're all about it. And they love tea as well. They're huge fans of tea. So it's understandable that this would be their thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I don't think we'll put that on the website.
0: No. No. I think that I think our our um our reviews can sort of bypass that particular feedback that we received. I think um
1: at least until he's 13 and he can get a Spotify account.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait for it to all be legal and then we can include him in the mix. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Bertadine has been undertaking what would you probably call a significant portion of one's life, <laughs> or at the very least, seven to eight hours of it. Uh, you started your new job this week.
0: I did. I did. So, it's my first time to be in an Irish school slash Irish classroom in 13 years. Mm. And yeah, it's a, it's a big step and it's a big change, obviously. Um, it's my second start to the school year because I started the school year in Australia in late January, early February. And now I'm starting the school year in Ireland yes. in late August, early September. But thanks be to God, it has been brilliant so far. The staff and students that I have met and interacted with have just been so kind, so caring, so thoughtful, really, really helpful just really good people, really decent, just lovely human beings. Mm. um everybody has been super helpful, very keen to make um everybody who's new feel welcome and yeah, so Matt will testify to the fact that I've been like a small child who's starting school for the first time, coming home absolutely exhausted every day um <laughs> and yeah, barely able to do anything in the evenings, but yeah, it's been a great. It's been a great couple of days. There's obviously a lot of difference between how things are done in Ireland and how things are done in Australia or indeed elsewhere in England or whatever, but I'm probably not going to talk about the details of it until I have a bit more experience of the school year and kind Mm -hmm. of how things, how things roll. But I'm very glad to have started because that's obviously something that's in the back of your mind. But I'm also, yeah, really glad that things, thanks be to God, so far have gone really smoothly and people have just been lovely. So it's been great. Mm-hmm.
1: It's been lucky too that that you've been able to have a similar representative experience because you finished up the Australian teaching job around the end of June. Yes. And that's when teachers here would usually finish yep. for the summer break, which is three months, and then yep. start the school year again at the beginning of September.
0: Yeah. So it's I literally have had the summer holidays the same as Irish teachers have had, Mm -hmm. um, except haven't been in Ireland for the whole time of it. But yeah, it's it's actually been really good to have that time. And I feel like we both needed this summer to kind of just get settled, get assimilated to a degree yeah. and also to just be ready. Because I, I have been reflecting on that, like these few days I've been really tired and I'm like, gosh, it's not like I've been out working in the fields for 12 hours. Like I have no right to be this exhausted. But I think it's also because of the big break, but also because we pushed so hard for so long to get to this point, then we had a, a bit of peace and quiet and calm. And now mm. we're ramping back up again. I think my body is going okay. I can do this, but I just need a bit of a break in the evening. So, and look, yeah. at the school year is always like that. When you get started, you're tired. Then, as you get the months into it, it's kind of a little bit, it's a little bit easier. So, mm. but yeah, thanks for the God, good start, feeling good, mm. and yeah, let's see how we go.
1: As you said, we'll talk about it more when you have a bit more under your belt in the Irish system. But I'd be very curious observing the Australian teaching system. they have a shorter break in the middle and there's a lot more requirements of them whether that three-month reset is actually more valuable Mm. than people give it credit for Mm. um not only that but that the australian teachers sometimes won't get to finish until what would be mid-july sometimes it can run all the way up to christmas and then they'll be back in um sometimes towards the end of January as opposed yeah. to the beginning of February so i'd be yeah. i'd be really interested to see what impact you you notice in your own work
0: yeah absolutely and also just um you know how how the school year operates in in Europe is very much like it there's either a one week or a two week break at different points throughout the year and mm. then you have the long summer but obviously whilst you're in and you're working it's very it's rapid paced, do you know? Yeah. Whereas in Australia, it's very rapid paced as well, but it's over a more prolonged period of time. So it'll be just interesting once I have a full year done or, you know, a term or whatever to kind of notice how things vary or what the, what some of the differentials are. Mm. Yeah.
1: I'd be very keen to hear about mm. that stuff and do comparisons mm. with us both having a bit of a teaching background. be
0: we're primed for it
1: maybe that's our that's our new target niche we can do a like a branching podcast for teachers
0: Mm. education and those involved in it
1: teachers abroad or teach abroad teach abroad as in teaching women
0: (laughs) are you saying that women (laughs) need to be taught Matt is that what you're saying are you going to teach them are you going to mansplain to women is that what's happening right now I do all all I'm I'm hearing
1: is us uh, road testing names that's all I hear (laughs) Man explanations. Mans- teaching
0: abroad. Get it in. Yeah. Oh, you're such a pup. You're gonna you're I'm gonna, an awful you're, person. You're gonna suffer for that later. I should. Well, we've got some listener questions that we have been collecting for the last little while and that we decided this could be a good episode to tackle them. Mm-hmm. So the first question I'm gonna pose to you, Matthew, is it comes from Sarah, who is a very supportive listener of the podcast. Um, and Sarah asked the question, "What is a guard?" Mm. So Matthew, can you please explain what a guard is?
1: Well, if you do a Google search, you will hopefully run into the guard, which is a an Irish film from 2011. I think had Brendan yep. Gleeson in right it. Right, not yep. That is very much along a similar line. So the garda on Sharon,
0: Sharon, garda siocana,
1: garda siocana. I'm going to get that eventually. That's okay. They are the police. Yeah, of Ireland. They are the custodians of justice, the, uh, the ones who respond to the bat signal.
0: Well, possibly. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's probably a more private part of the police that we haven't found out about. Maybe. It's pur- purposefully under wraps.
1: Maybe some moonlight. But yeah, that's instead of saying the police, they will say, call the guard yeah. or the guardee. Yeah. The collective noun for guards. Yeah. Will Irish you just say,
0: or... I rang the guards? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that, that's all that's in reference to.
0: So, Angarda Síochána is literally the Irish phrase, not Gaelic. Please don't say that Irish people speak Gaelic. Scottish people speak Gaelic. Irish people speak Irish. The language is called Gaelgá in Irish, but we speak Irish. Um, not all of us, but a lot of us. And so, Angarda Síochána is the Irish word for the Irish police force, and it literally translates to the keepers of the peace. So on Garda Síochána are the Irish police force, the guards, exact same as the police anywhere else, probably have slightly different abilities in terms of like when it comes to firearms and things like that. But mm-hmm. otherwise, that's what they are.
1: They can vary too. Like the guard that we talked to was the immigration officer that approved stamps correct, for the visa, Yeah, for my visa. And, you know, depending on the town, yeah, however many guards may be present in a single town or a county yep. might vary.
0: True. And... If it's a smaller area and there's one guard, they kind of do everything. And if it's a bigger area and there's many guards, they have more specialised yeah. areas of expertise. I yeah.
1: Guess. And on that note, that's probably why some people report having a difficult time getting appointments Yes. with the guards in case they need something particular. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that, that'd be no different than police anywhere in the world.
0: Exactly. Think of remote areas of Australia. You're not going to have a huge police force because population-wise there may not be a need for it. Hmm. The next question that we received, we received from your uncle, Michael. Yes. He wants to know why are Irish sausages so good? And you're just going to have to wax lyrical about why Irish sausages are so good <laughs> well, look, for the, the next however long you wish, Matthew.
1: You, um, you kind of have to experience them to know. The traditional sausage here is pork, and that's mm. not as common in Australia. Australia, no. there'll be beef, chicken, lamb any combination of these and you can find those those in ireland but the pork sausage tends to be the most common one exactly Uh, the breakfast sausage i guess you'd probably say and whatever assembly of ingredients is contained in it probably two days worth of salt in every couple of sausages based on (laughs) based on reflux behaviors and also how thirsty you are
0: after having them
1: (laughs) that's it um most of the irish breakfast is salt i'm not sure if it's an electrolyte problem yeah. Um, days past. It could be.
0: It could be. Yeah. It's an incredibly salty breakfast. It's very true. Yeah. It very true.
1: But the way that they they build those pork sausages, Clinic Guilty, whatever kind of sausage you get, they just they taste spectacular.
0: They are immense. Mm. They're so good that we used to go to an Irish butcher in Melbourne in the lead up to Christmas so that we can have a proper Irish fry on Christmas morning using Irish pork sausages and right. Irish bacon.
1: Yep. And a couple of other Irish goodies that he had. In fact, if you are in Melbourne, Paddy's Butchers, I think it's called. Yeah, that's what it's called. Is in Bandura. I believe they're in Kew as well.
0: Yes. Bandura and Kew are the two outlets. Yeah. But the
1: Bandura one is, uh, we would recommend you go there. Yeah. Because uh, it's not often frequented. Yeah. Unless you're getting very, very, very close to Christmas time. Yes. It tends not to get too busy. Yeah. But they have the best stuff. The sausages they make either on-site or off-site, yeah. but in the traditional Irish method, not just slapping a label on yeah. a sausage that's just pork and Australian. Yeah. Um, and then you can get your potatoes and uh,
0: No, club orange. Uh, you can get Irish gravy, granules. You can get they sauces. They, yeah, they had Irish wine, the crack house. The
1: crack house, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But right you can line.
0: get your like HP salts. You can get, you know, ke- Irish ketchup, relish. Yeah. Yeah. Heaps of great things. And they tend to have a few Irish people working in the shops as well. If it's yes. not called Paddy's Butchers, it's called Paddy's Meats. I think it might be called Paddy's Meats. But anyway, yeah. Google it if you're in Melbourne or the Inverons, uh, You can also order a head. This is not SponCon. This is just because we love patties. And yeah, it's really great. And particularly mm. we used to love Christmas morning, having the fry ourselves and then going to your family Christmas. It was just a nice little mix of Irish Christmas and Australian Christmas.
1: Mm. Well look, I, I I think a lot of our content has been Australians or Irish people returning here. Yes. I would say if there's anyone listening who's go, looking to go to Australia oh, God, yeah. and is Irish and just wants a piece of Ireland away from home. Yeah. That would be a brilliant way to go about it.
0: Absolutely. And the other the other tip that we have is Coles supermarkets, particularly large Coles supermarkets have an international section and that international section generally will have Irish goodies. So like we said, Fanta, um, oh, I keep saying that, Club, Club Orange, Orange uh, cans of Club Orange, potato crisps, uh, dairy milk, Irish dairy milk chocolate, mm-hmm. um, Irish curry sauce, McDonald's curry sauce sometimes, Irish yeah. gravy granules, brown bread mix. These are all things that we've bought over time um, and it's well worth taking a look in the international section. It may only be like a tiny portion of a shelf uh, and it depends on the coals. It has to be fairly big coals for it to stock it, but so good when you just want that little taste of home when you're not at home. Mm. Best thing ever. And I remember when my cousin was getting married, I had five first cousins get married in one year and obviously I missed all the weddings because I was in Australia. Mm. And I remember there was one particular wedding day that i was just really sad and you went out and you bought me club orange and uh, tato crisps and i was like oh my god this is amazing and i was very grateful mm. to have that taste of home on that day that i was yeah i was just sad not to be able to be at my cousin's wedding
1: yeah that was a long time ago yeah relatively though yeah i think the supermarkets there have gotten a lot better with housing stuff in fact i think Clonakilty has has yes. penetrated the market where in woolworths we could get black and white pudding, occasionally gluten-free versions of them as well. That's right. So you could be able to get your full Irish fry in Australian supermarkets now.
0: And they also have beef-free wraps in Australia. Um, I'm gluten-free, guys, just in case we haven't mentioned that before. It's not a choice. It's a genuine medical condition. Um, And so finding gluten-free options... In different places has been interesting, but we'll talk probably about that in a different episode. But yeah. um, Be Free, which is an Irish company, is available in Australia now. They do wraps and pittas and um bagels, yeah. and also the other thing that I'll never forget—the day that I found it in in Woolworths—it had probably always been there, but I just hadn't noticed. Was Kerry Gold butter? I yes. remember screaming, and it was on special as well, and buying it and bringing it home, and then never buying it again. Because I was like, I can't have it in the house because I would literally take a single cracker and half a block of butter and put it on it and eat it quite happily. And my heart would say, could you stop? Because I'll have to die.
1: Well, there's a reason that I'm pretty sure on the supermarket shelves, they place it directly next to the block of trans fats that you can buy that you deep fry crap in.
0: Yeah, like lard, actual lard. Yeah. But it's so bloody good. So that's another thing, even or also if you were doing like Irish baking or something like that, and you wanted to have a genuine traditional Irish baking experience, it's a good thing to buy to make, you know, your cakes or your buns or whatever it is.
1: Anyway, sausages from Ireland are great. Awesome. Can't beat them.
0: Yeah. There is something very particular every time that we have come back from Australia to Ireland about... Mm first morning or it doesn't actually even matter what time of the day it is it will always the sausages will have to appear on the menu some, somewhere and dunk them in some ketchup oh it yeah. is the taste of heaven genuinely the taste of heaven
1: and whenever i've arrived back whenever we go anywhere first i'll usually get a breakfast roll yes that will include sausages as well as egg and bacon black pudding white pudding
0: Ketchup usually. A combination of those. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or sometimes a relish. Yeah. These days they're getting fancy. Yeah.
0: The Ballymallow relish is everywhere now. Yeah. I'm telling you, it wasn't like that when I was growing up now. It was none of that. There was none of that nonsense. You were glad to get just a little bit of ketchup now and you're very happy with yourself.
1: (laughs) Red sauce. A bit of red sauce.
0: Red sauce. Uh, Always a bit of red sauce. A bit of lashing red sauce there now. Yeah.
1: So yeah, pick up some sausages in Bandura if you get around there. Yes. Or um, just, you know, fly out and we'll introduce you to. The thing that will destroy your Saturday and Sunday morning. And,
0: and add know, exponentially to your life as well.
1: Presume upon you, litres of water in
0: the afternoon. Exactly. And Uncle Michael, this is why Irish mm. sausages are so good.
1: So we also got a question from a listener in a big email. Someone that we, we didn't know was listening, which is always great. Yep. Um, again, that email address is fmhtypodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, and these are the kind of questions that we expected to get more of. Yes. Just because we're going through certain things that people might relate to. Yeah. Us having done it, not having to, not talking about it on the podcast necessarily, but just sharing that information with people as we want. Um, So this listener got in touch and said, hey guys, just wanted to say thank you for the amazing podcast. I've been searching for one for ages and you guys are doing such a great job. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I love all the topics you're touching on so far and I resonate with pretty much all of it. I too am Irish, married to an Australian on you mate yeah on your mate uh and we are currently getting ready to take a leap of faith for a year in ireland after being in oz for 16 years we have three children and we feel it's now or never but the what ifs are driving us crazy mm-hmm. very similar experience we here. feel
0: you we feel you we understand you we see you and we hear you
1: that's it i was just wondering if you could talk about why you opted to rent your house instead of selling and hear all your words of wisdom We are getting conflicting advice on whether we should sell as it's such a good seller's market in Perth, or if we should rent, what if we come back in a year and have to go to huge lengths to have a home here? Anyway, I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again a very satisfied listener. Three X's. I believe those are kisses.
0: They are kisses. Mm. Thank you so much for that really thoughtful email. And and obviously we're delighted that you are enjoying the podcast and finding it useful. Uh, we could have written it ourselves, except for the three kids part, but definitely mm. there's a lot of toing and froing before you go to make that decision. What would you say matter some of the reasons why we've made the decision to rent rather than to sell?
1: Well, for us, it was the trying Ireland out for a year and seeing what it's like much like yourself listener you've um, considered the idea that that it might not be for you in this climate and you'd probably want to have somewhere to return to yeah Uh, we also had a lot of groundwork and investment in getting the house rolling at the time so making sure that paid off for us and not I mean it was great during the pandemic and all the excessive lockdowns in Melbourne yeah because it gave us our own home. Yes. That we got to enjoy. So I guess there's a bit of sentimentality there too, I think.
0: Yeah. I think one of the big reasons why again, like you said, Matt, we're trying this for a year. We this is that has always been our plan and everybody in our families and friendship groups that that's what the plan is. They know that. And um, we we you can never predict how anything's going to go. You know, if you look on any of the forums or even, you know, if you hear from Crosscare Irish Diaspora Support Group, like some people come, some people stay, some people stay for a while, some people go back, some people stay for a few months and go back. So mm. it's 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 really hard to predict. It's really hard to tell. Um, and And I didn't want to be forcing us into a situation where Ireland had to work because this is a new country for you mm. and that's not fair to put that on you. Uh, we saved and hustled for years, years to buy that house. Yeah. Worked incredibly hard to be able. And we're, we're not millionaires. Everything that we got, we got through our own hard work. And it's not like we we own a mansion or anything. But because we had put such time and effort into buying that house, it wasn't just going to be something we were going to walk away from. Mm. And I think another reason, and this happened years ago, this is like maybe five years ago, I was at an event in a suburb near where we ended up buying. And I met two women who were both Australian, who were both married to Irish men, who had both moved to Ireland the year before, and they had children. They had both sold their houses. It didn't work out for them in Ireland, and they could not afford to rebuy in the suburbs that they had previously owned and lived in. Mm. And that was a huge, and that's five years ago, and that was a huge okay that's a big... And so they had to move like 20 kilometers out of the city. Yeah, And so I thought, right, well, that's actually a huge thinking point because if it doesn't work out here and you go back to Australia... Not that you're necessarily going to slot back into your previous life exactly as it was, but you don't want then everything when you go back to also be completely different unless you do. Some people might want a complete change once they've Mm. left. They might go, you know what, I'm going to move to an entirely new place and my life is going to be incredibly different because that's the choice I'm making. But if you've had a rough year here and then you want to go back to kind of, I guess, the safety net of your life in Australia. And I would say, and again, I don't want to speak for people who have children, but I would imagine if you've got children, that could be part of the comfort of going, okay, if Ireland doesn't work out, then our children will then go back to a secure space that they're happy in, that they know. Mm -hmm.
1: Especially if you've potentially lived in that house for a good chunk of the 16 years that you've been in Australia, you may have had that house for a long time and changing the environment again. wouldn't be as attractive as being able to go back to what the kids knew already. Exactly.
0: Or you may be, you know, you may want to go back. Let's say you've got the Australian side in Australia and then you've got the Irish side here. You might want to go back to be near the Australian family, potentially, and where you own is near the Australian family. And then you can't afford to buy back where the Australian family are. Mm. Because as this person said, it's a really good seller's market in Perth, but is it a good buyer's market if you need to buy back in? Yes. And we know there's capital gains tax. We know there's all those things that have to be considered. And we know that. You know, mortgage rates are changing. Ours has changed since we've come back and we have to pay a significant amount of money from here to top up the mortgage and we're not even living in the house. But despite all of that, it just, the the option that made sense to us with mm. everything weighed up was, no, we're not selling. We're We're not in a position that we want to buy in Ireland anyway. We're happy to rent. Yeah. And we are literally just trying, seeing how we go, and who knows, right, depending on what happens, decisions will have to be made one way or the other. However, at this point in time, we I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I think we're very happy to still have our home in Australia.
1: Definitely. Yeah. But you kind of touched on the financial bit. Yeah. Just a little. I think it's actually a big one. Yeah. Like for us, if it was the year that we bought the property in the Australian market, we yeah. may have considered selling and then coming back. Yes. But the market that we left that the time of recording this podcast in mid-2023, yeah. it is not a great time to buy into the Australian market yeah. again. Yes. And it'll probably take a few years to clean up because post-pandemic, there's a lot of government budget issues. Yes. There may or may not have been a Prime Minister that made some very-
0: Interesting decisions. Very
1: bad calls with regards to financial decisions, mm. like the that um, for a short period to keep the housing market afloat, People were permitted to withdraw on their superannuation to make up for house yes. deposits, and this was maybe a couple of months before the market surged and mortgages became
0: untenable mm-hmm. in some cases. Mm-hmm.
1: So for us, the, the financial questions are important. Yeah. If you do want to get some of those answered, yeah, the Stephanie Wickham episode for taxes would be a good one. Yeah. But generally, the advice that I'm running on at the moment yeah. is. You should be living in the country for at least six months to avoid the capital gains problem yes there's also a seven-year primary residence exemption from uh the australian government and the tax office with regards to that stuff you should definitely have a chat to uh someone who does australian tax and knows australian tax law to explore those things but yeah financially for us to buy into our suburb again yeah it just would have been yeah Crazy.
0: It would have been difficult. And we're also very, very aware that the projected uh, um, idea is, is that Melbourne will be the most populated city in Australia by 2030. And that's mm. not too far away. So it's like, well, you know, if it's going to be the most populated city in Australia, then that means where we currently live is going to be closer and closer to the city as the city expands. And so it's like, it's hard to, I mean, where we, I mean, where we lived in Melbourne. Not where we currently live. We don't currently live in Melbourne. Yeah, that becomes then a more difficult area to get into. And we do love the suburb that we bought in in Australia. So it just makes sense. And, you know, we have a lot of things that we have to experience this year before we know how we're going to feel about being in Ireland. So yeah. that's that was our thinking. And, and we had huge discussions about it for for a very, very long time. But I think... Mm really from the outset we were both on the same page we're not selling our house
1: yeah we had the means to 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 in, enact that so yeah doing that made sense
0: yeah absolutely so it's each to their own but they're, they're the reasons why we've made the choice that we've made. But thank you for the question. Mm. And hopefully it helps with some some clarity. But if it doesn't, just send us another email. We'd be very happy to to give you some more of our thoughts. Again, we're not experts. We're just two human beings. But um, having been through the process and, you know, being in Ireland now a little while, I think we're still both quite comfortable with the fact that we didn't sell the house. Yes, Yeah. definitely. So thank you, listener, and thanks for your email. And we're glad that you're enjoying the podcast and finding it useful.
1: Keep enjoying. Get some sausages.
0: Put a sausage in your mouth. Put the messages in the press. Make a cup of tea. Light a f-ing candle. All in that order, please.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think I can link a Republic of Telly <laughs> clip again. But, no. <laughs> uh, maybe
0: I will. sure <laughs> for the crack, why not? Tell him to put the messages in the press. Son, would you not put the messages in the press? Jesus, put the
1: messages in the, the press. The press, son.
0: The messages. The messages. Now, speaking of for the crack, I had a thought a couple of days ago that I was going to ask Matt a series of questions about Irish things. And Matt has no idea. I've made a list on my phone that's completely separate to our podcast list. And uh, so I'm going to ask Matt some some Irish-isms and some Irish questions. And we're going to see how well he does. And there's no judgment.
1: Well, I was going to say as a precursor to this, early in our relationship, we went to a, a comedy show in Melbourne once <gasps> with an, an tell Irish that story, comedian. It's, so good. it's not much of a story to tell except that I was picked or volunteered out of the audience for this particular Irish comedian. I cannot recall his name.
0: No, I neither. I, it, the show was called I Want an Irish Passport. That's what the show was called. And so, it is a number of years ago at the yeah. Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah.
1: Would have been jokes about immigration yes. and the differences between Irish and Australian stuff, probably. Yeah, very much. And so we had a questionnaire that he wanted to, you know, engage an audience member in, presumably a high chance of being Australian.
0: Yes. And- Therefore not having a clue.
1: Yeah. A high chance of not knowing the questions he was going to ask. But unfortunately for him, I had-
0: he <laughs> picked the wrong person I, or he picked the right person.
1: I had been deftly informed by my, by my uh, significant other <laughs> of these things prior to, and most likely because we had- come back from London at that point. Correct. So I had been engaged in the Irish of things, at least the common basic Irish of things for a lot of the questions he was asking. And I don't think I got a, got one wrong. No. Really.
0: But do you remember the one that you really floored him with?
1: Yeah, I was asked what the capital of, of Ireland was and he was expecting Dublin or yeah. some random city, probably Belfast from yeah. someone who wasn't really entirely sure what was going on. Um, but the answer is... Uh, Dublin, if you're from anywhere in Ireland, but if you're, you're from Cork, it's Cork. <laughs> and I think literally he literally
0: nearly fell over.
1: Yeah, he was a bit <laughs> flabbergasted by that one.
0: You were like, um, "Well, yeah, Cork people would say Cork is the capital," and he was like, "Oh, It, <laughs> it was so funny. It was absolutely brilliant.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good great. Time. So I feel like I've I've done a lot more homework since then, and hopefully that informs my answers here.
0: You smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. Okay, question number one. What does susbiog mean, Matt?
1: It means taking a small break. Oh,
0: excellent. Very often I will say to Matt, I'm just going to take a little susbiog," So it's used a lot. If I said we were going for a lock of pints, what would I mean?
1: We are going for a grouping or a bunch of pints.
0: Oh, well done. If I called you a beg begdana, what do I mean?
1: Uh, a naughty boy.
0: Yeah, there's something to do with size in there. Yeah, a
1: naughty little boy.
0: <laughs> very good, <laughs> very good. You're a bucol bug, bucol bug, Donna. Yeah, terrible naughty naughty boy. What is a gossin? Uh,
1: that is a little boy.
0: Excellent. Yeah, or a yes. young young lad. What does it mean if you describe somebody as being a dose?
1: Uh, that they are. They are a character you wouldn't want to listen to for a particularly long time.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So just a really irritating person. So if I said, Mm. oh my gosh, she's such a dose. They're just irritating. I think
1: sometimes there can be a sarcastic kind of, they're a dose as in, oh, they're they're great to have around, but I'm going to rib you a little bit. Is that context missing?
0: Yeah, no. You really tend to use dose in the negative. like It's not like, I love you, you're a dose. It tends Mm. to be like, you're a dose. Like, you're just... Beyond irritating. Get out of my way. Yeah, You're exactly. no crack. Now, interesting that you should say that. Please describe, Matt, what is the crack? It is... C-R-A-I-C.
1: Yes. Uh, it is fun. It is having a good time. It is good-natured time had by everybody. Excellent, and yes. It is good crack. It is not having the crack.
0: Yes. But if I said to you, we had the crack this weekend, that's fine.
1: And if you said, what's the crack? Yeah. Also fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, But you would say it was the best crack. Like, oh my God, Mm. the weekend was the best crack. But you wouldn't say necessarily...
1: That crack was the best.
0: yeah. Yeah. It has to be used in a certain context. And I do think sometimes people take the word crack and they bastardize it
1: we know from our television watching history that yes. the television show geordie shaw
0: yes that's sure exactly what is. i was thinking i was well get out of my head yeah yeah
1: well that uh newcastleans yeah people newcastle, geordies geordies people
0: from newcastle yeah
1: they uh they don't use it right
0: no they they yeah they misrepresent <laughs> that word and i would be squirming on the couch when they would misrepresent it and i'd be very yeah. very irritated so yeah i just don't like it when it's misused nor does anybody Mm. If you describe someone as being a shanaky, what does it mean?
1: It means that they are a storyteller.
0: Correct. Usually quite long, complicated, convoluted stories.
1: But you told me recently that it was used as a pejorative for a long time as well.
0: Yeah, it could be. It could be like it like almost like a bit of a dose, you know, oh God, mm. you know. What was with that shanakee just went on and on and on. Um, but my brother did describe me as a shanakee to you after my wedding speech mm. on our wedding day in Ireland, which did go for 40
1: minutes. But I'd say well-deserved because it was a great speech.
0: Thanks, man. It was the best 40 minutes that those people had ever had. <laughs> <laughs> those people being all the visitors to our wedding. Um, what are notions, Matt?
1: Um, so this is, this is the thing. If you're thinking about how to describe Irish terms, it's kind of like Irish words. Yes. Where the English of them is, you have to kind of denote a feeling through a bunching of words together. Yes. The Germans would have a great time because they love just shoving a bunch of words together that mean that one thing. (laughs) Like die Jugendherberge. What's that? The youth hostel.
0: Die Jugendherberge.
1: Herberger. Oh,
0: I love that. Thank you, German listeners, for enjoying this German uh, um, element to the episode. Matt is a German speaker, so this will help a lot.
1: Let's, let's not oversell that. Um,
0: Matt speaks some German.
1: I can get to the library.
0: And... But can you get to the youth hostel?
1: <laughs> well, yes.
0: <laughs> um, stop avoiding the question, Matt. What are notions?
1: Predictions or ideas that someone would have about a person or topic.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair enough.
1: Notions probably more in the pejorative side. Excellent.
0: Yeah. yeah. So if I said, oh God, you're one over there. She has notions. What, what am I actually saying about that person?
1: She may be considering something which is counter to what anyone might want.
0: Yeah. Or or think about her. Mm. So if somebody has notions, it basically means they think a lot about themselves or they think a lot of themselves oh. more than somebody else would. So you know, somebody walks in and like maybe sings a song and they think they're the most incredible singer going and you just mm. turn and goes, oh my God, notions.
1: That dose has notions.
0: That dose. She's a dose and she has such notions about herself. Or the other <laughs> thing, you know, is like pre-recession People went crazy at Irish weddings like there was chocolate fountains and there was horse drawn carriages and there was like people were spending money like there was always going to be money mm. and it was notion central like weddings yeah. in Ireland were notion central like people were like people they'd be smiling at you and then they'd be turning and rolling their eyes like notions so that's notions it's it's not a positive thing if I said something was a fret what would I mean a fret yeah if I said that's a fret Surely you've heard my dad say that. No, I haven't. Oh, that's, that's a classic of his.
1: But it wouldn't be unusual. No. With dad being musical to talk about frets. Yeah, you so see, that's the contextually, thing. Contextually, it may not have yeah. made sense to me at the time. Yeah. Um, well, if one is fretting, they are anxious about something. So uh, say
0: the That's a threat. God, that's a fret. God, that's so a fret.
1: Some form of anxiety attached to an object or a thing.
0: Basically, that's awful. You know, so Mm. if somebody came in and said, oh, gosh, you know, you know, poor Al John down the road, like one of his, he went out this morning, one of his cows was dead. Oh, God, that's a fret. Hmm. Like, it's just, that's, that's, that's desperate. That's desperate.
1: That fret is desperate.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is one that you should have a little bit of knowledge of because the, this phrase came up last weekend. But in terms of beer, if I called you a cute whore, what does that mean?
1: Um, for context, that's the name of a beer that I think you found out was made in Cavern.
0: No, it's a Smithix. I thought potentially, but yeah.
1: No. Because it's a cavern Cavan term. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. For people that come from Cavan. Yeah. Um Cute whoa, it would be someone who gets around a lot. I, I can't I honestly <laughs> can't enough. remember this one. No,
0: that's fair enough. Um
1: shoving a lot of culture in my funnel.
0: That's no, that's totally fair. So you arrive in there's a big draw happening for like uh, like a holiday that's worth €10,000. You mm. arrive into the pub, you buy a ticket, you run into the bathroom, you come out and your ticket's just been pulled. You've barely been there. Loads of people have bought loads of tickets and you say, oh, that Matt lad's a cute whore. Mm. Like you're you're sly, you're quick, you're fast, you're cunning. You just got in, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. a cute whore is usually. It could be pejorative. It could be could be positive. And just so everybody knows, it's not spelt like the word whore. It's h o o r, and it's pronounced whoer. Whoer <laughs> traditionally cute whore. So yeah, somebody's a cute whore. Like they're they're kind of they're quite smart. They're quite on top of things. Mm. This is a word that you identified on an episode of Love Hate while we were apart. That I didn't identify in the episode. So you you were more on top of this than I was.
1: I know exactly the word you're talking about. I can't see the notes, guys. Yeah. Um but I asked you and anyway, ask the question. Ask the question. <laughs> what is a dirt bird? It is an insult. Yes. Presumably someone who would be it's kind of like a slut kind of thing. Yeah. But does it have the, to be just to women? Well, I don't think so. No. It's a, well the term slut is is gender yeah. you would told gender inclusive neutral
0: yeah you told yeah yeah in the modern world
1: but yeah but the, the context of hearing that was at the end of love hate season one in an episode there's um one or two characters for some reason that episode it just they they fly it out all over the place yeah. it doesn't pop up before no and a bunch of characters say it but yes it sounds like they're saying dartboard yes to someone who is not well-versed in, I guess, the heavy Dublin accent.
0: Yes, very true. Yeah. Yeah. So So Matt got in touch with me. We were apart at the time. We had just started dating. I was in Ireland watching Love Hate. Matt was watching it in Australia. And he messaged me and said, what is a dartboard in the Irish context? And I was like, a dartboard, a dartboard? I can't think... Dirt bird would not come into my head. And then he was like re-listening to the clip and he was like, it might be dirt bird. And I was like, no way. I can't believe he picked out the word dirtbird." bird. <laughs> so ever since then, the word dirt bird has been used a lot. But you have to use it with a dub accent. Like you're nothing but a dirt bird. Dirt bird. That kind of thing. Matthew, who is your man? Your man is him, them,
1: who was just here or might be coming, standing in front of you or behind you.
0: They're over there somewhere.
1: Someone, somebody. <laughs> they are the potentially the male version of your one.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or sometimes my brother will say your doll. He won't say your one. Oh. Yeah, your one is usually the the woman and your man is usually the man if we're talking gender terms, but my brother uses your doll for some reason. Mm. And that's and that's kind of that tends to be more northern. Um, but then, if you work with people in, in a work context who come from different places, you tend to pick up their slang. So, I presume that might be what have happened. What is a gaff? It is a home. Excellent, a home or a house. Going back to me, gaff. What is a gobshite? <laughs>
1: Again, this is a, <laughs> another insult that I think that I think has probably traversed oceans a little bit. Yes, it like, has actually. That yeah. one wouldn't be unfamiliar to the Australian. Yeah, wouldn't be said with that inflection though. No. Um, yeah, just generally an insult.
0: Yeah, but but could it be a positive?
1: I don't know. I, I wouldn't yeah. have thought so. Yeah,
0: like yeah, no, it could be. It could be a term of endearment. Like, ah, stop! You're such a gobshite. Like that's like mm. you know, but it's said in a loving way. But if you turned around and said your man is nothing but a gobshite, it's like, oh God, yeah, you think he's, he's a bit of an idiot, which is mm. another word that we made reference to in a previous episode. But yeah, gobshite, is it's got, it's got some fluidity to it. It can be used in a number of different ways.
1: Mm.
0: How is feck different from the other F word?
1: Well, it's derived from an Irish word. Correct. Which entitles it to lack of censorship yes. on the odd occasion. correct. Like one would be comfortable saying feck as opposed to the other version of that word. Correct. That we might be used to. Yep. Trying to give the censor a bleep, a bit of a break there. Yeah. But yeah, so feck is a more Irish anglicized
0: F word. So the word feck is spelled F-E-C-K and it's very, um, it's got a lot of uses. Like you would literally, like, let's say you hit your thumb with a hammer. You say, oh, for feck's sake. Um, But you might turn to somebody and say feck off." Um, so there's lots of different ways, or couldn't give a feck, you know, those kind of things. It can be said on Irish television without it being censored. But the Irish word, there's another word which is not spelled the same way, but it's F-E-I-C in the Irish language, which means to see. So if I said feckum, it means I'm seeing something. I can see that thing. So my belief is that feck has derived from seeing and mm. feck is basically I see you. Like I see you acting the eejit, I see you being a tit, (laughs) I see you being a twat, all those different things. And so feck is, so anybody who's watched Father Ted will know the word feck comes up regularly, but it didn't have to be bleeped because it is not actually a negative term. So a lot of people in Australia will say feck and the other f F word are the same. They're not, they're absolutely not. Mm. I know a lot of grandparents who will use the word feck and would never, ever say the other F word. But you would yep. say feck in front of a small child or in front of a 100-year-old person. The small child might even say it. Absolutely. With a glorious little Irish accent on them. Mm. If something is a kip, what is it?
1: Well, from the context, I'd assume it's something delightful.
0: Oh, bless you. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, that is a shame. So, <laughs> So like if you walked into the, to your bedroom and there was just stuff everywhere and mm. you know there was cups and plates and clothes and whatever you say oh this place is a bit of a kip or come on we visitors coming this weekend this place is a kip let's clean it up so it
1: derived from fish
0: kind of word kipper could yeah. be I don't know I don't know it's just existed for, for a long time I'm not sure okay yeah if someone is giving out what are they doing
1: uh, having a complaint
0: excellent if something is arseways, what is it?
1: Backwards, Excellent. sideways. Yeah. Not the right way.
0: Yeah, or you could even you could even say like, you know, you could say something make a mistake with it and go I'm I'm sorry I got that arseways. You know, like it can be, even be words that are not coming together properly. Mm-hmm. If I describe something as manky, what does that mean?
1: Well, for my Gen X's, it's a Pokemon to Oh. Start. Yeah, there's a Pokemon called Mankey evolves into uh <laughs> primate from the context. Oh, okay. That's yeah, it. I yeah.
0: never knew that. Okay. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. That's that's when they were taking animals and just changing a consonant to a vowel rather to to make it match.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um
1: but if it's manky. Yeah. It would be putrid, moldy kind of gross, yucky.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So like you might you know, have a sip of something and go, oh my God, that's manky. Mm. Or you might be like, lift your bin bag out of the bin and and the bottom of the bin is like the bin juice in it. And you're like, oh, manky. So gross, yucky, rotten.
1: I believe you've also said mank. That is mank on the occasion as well.
0: That's mank. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty awful. We're nearly at the end, Matt. Two more to go, but you've done incredibly well. Mm -hmm. What what does it mean if something is deadly?
1: It's It's awesome. Great.
0: So good. So good. And it's really interesting in Australia because the Indigenous community in Australia tend to use the word deadly to mean the same thing. Mm. And previously, I have taught Indigenous students and I was teaching an Indigenous student and I said deadly and they looked at me and I could tell that they were like, are you having a laugh? Are you taking a mick? Are you being serious? And the student said to me, that's our word, miss. And I said, and it's also an Irish word, I said the word deadly has been used to describe good things for such a long time. Mm. And then the student came back to me and said, actually, Miss, I believe that it was Irish people who gave that to the Indigenous community. And I was like, I bloody love it. So never had an issue again with any Indigenous students when I use the word deadly. They just kind of smiled and nodded and kind of were like, yep, we're in this one together. So Mm. yeah, deadly. And I've used deadly my whole life, literally. It's one of my favourite words the very last question that I'm asking you but this could happen again Matt We've there's a lot more words that we haven't gone through yeah if an Irish person says I will yeah what do they mean?
1: Uh, it's a very sarcastic way to pretend an affirmation when in fact you won't do it
0: <laughs> um, will you wash those floors? I will yeah will you take in that washing? I will yeah will you go <laughs> see your your auntie this weekend? I will yeah <laughs> you won't. You definitely won't. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what makes Irishisms so confusing. Well yeah. done, Matthew. You did incredibly well and I hadn't given you any hints about what any of those were going to be, but you did so well.
1: I feel like our relationship is built all the way up to this moment, at the very least, in terms of Irish culture and language.
0: <laughs> you were held in such high esteem by my entire family and all my friends. But once they listen to this episode, they're going to be like, he's Irish now we can give him his passport.
1: Well, I need to practice using these terms in context now. This is true. I, I don't commonly, while I, while I understand the Irish parlance, yeah. I don't necessarily use it in my own.
0: Yeah, well, you're going to have to call somebody like a cute whore this week. Yeah. Be careful who you say that to, obviously. Yeah, because
1: yeah. people would do a double translate for me. Like, yeah. if I'm saying uh, you're cute whore, they might be like, where he's from? Yes. That's an insult. Yes, yes. Whereas actually, it's probably you know, a term of endearment. But
0: yeah, but you could call somebody a gobshite. That'd be fine.
1: Well, it's one of those things where Australian and Irish culture kind of uh, shares the idea that there can be pejorative terms used for uh, means of friendship.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a word in Australia that a lot of people don't like, which begins with C and ends with T. It's used very, very frequently. Um, And a lot of people don't like that word, but Australians bloody love it. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's usually the opposite. Like if we're saying something nice about you, it's yep. potentially, you know.
0: Could be considered a negative.
1: Maybe not the right way to put it. Maybe if we're using swear words, the context may not necessarily be negative.
0: Yes. Yes. That's fair yeah. enough. So one last thing that we want to include before the episode is over. I I always know that Matt feels very comfortable in Ireland and uh, he... he I think, would consider it a second place in his heart. Maybe not necessarily a second home just yet, but a second place in his heart. But he made a comment and an observation as we were driving recently that hasn't left me and I have absolutely buckled with laughter every time I've thought of it. So mm. do you want to tell the listeners what happened?
1: Well, I have a bad habit of explaining things before I say it. So I'm just going to say it first, I think. <laughs> yes. The term that I coined is garlics. Gar legs, which gar is, you know, the sport in Ireland that a lot of um, that you'll, you'll have Irish teams all over the country.
0: Yeah, GAA, Gaelic. Big sport, yeah, yeah.
1: Gaelic, Gaelic football. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of young people that play it. Huge. Sometimes um, you'll see some older people with gar legs as well, yeah. but generally if you've played football for a while, you will have a musculature in your legs that indicates that there's a lot of activity there. So, gar are the uh, the the only way to describe it is the uh, uh, defined an, an area of the male genital region in terms of shape. But the calf muscles being so incredibly large and defined, uh, sometimes tapering at the knee. Yes, to akin to an hourglass almost. Yes. And
0: yeah, we've got thighs that are really muscly, and then yeah. calves that are super muscly.
1: And then the knees are just kind of you the joints. Nubbins. Yeah. Now, from my what I know about health and fitness, calves are one of those genetic aspects of your muscles that you can't necessarily grow. Mm-hmm. They can get stronger, but they won't turn into big pendulous muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there's love
0: the use of the word pendulous, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: You'll notice I didn't use it on the bit that you'd usually expect it attached to, but the uh, yeah, the just massive legs over here, I think in context eighty percent of the time yeah would be referring to someone who has played gar before
0: but do you wanna, do you want to tell listeners how gar legs came about when you were driving I, think,
1: I honestly can't remember there's a lot of context where I've thought about this as an idea before I actually said it to you. so often it'll be uh, someone doing a farmer's waddle up the street with their Semi-bol. Yeah. You know, you know that waddle. It's like a straight stiff leg, a very strong, strong form that kind of just, you know.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Wends its way through the street. Yeah.
0: So we were driving and we had a green light, and this young lad wearing GAA shorts, gas shorts, just ambled across the road, looking on his mobile phone, not looking at where he was going, not realizing that we had a green light and that you were driving. And Matt was like, for God's sake, where are you going with your big gal legs? <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I remember walking out of the supermarket as well. And there was a kid ambling out of the, the exit right in the middle looking yeah. at his phone. And I probably would have said yeah. it then too. Come on, gal legs. Yeah.
0: So, you know, not only is Matt learning the parlance of Ireland, but he's also contributing. And I mean, that's all we want, Matt. We love, we love that for you. Uh, you're giving me main character energy. You're slaying all day.
1: Yeah. Uh, my, my language is on fleek.
0: Yeah, it's on fleek. And um, like everything, everything about you. It's just giving. I'm mad peaking right now. Oh, let's just let's just keep making them up. It doesn't matter. People won't even know. Okay. They won't
1: even know. It's fine. I'm completely hooding this.
0: Oh, uh, rippy. We're having a rippy good I'm, time. I'm, I'm hanging this straight. Oh. Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Well, I think we should hang straight into our weekend. Mm. It's been a great time. It's been so much fun. We've all learned a lot. We've learned a lot. We've laughed a lot. We've talked a lot. We've not even cried a little bit, which is kind of good. Just, yeah,
1: kept it light this <laughs> keep week. It, this keep is, it like that. This is the mid-season. This is the relief. Uh, the Yeah, the mid-season comedy section of the... The drama,
0: But hopefully you've learned something, Irish or not. Hopefully some of those terms have just gone, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. I'm going to bring that into my everyday life.
1: Yep. And as you're a shunaki mm. yelling legs across the bar.
0: Absolutely. Let me fun. tell you. You have to have that tremulous end in order for people to know that it's over.
1: Yeah, that that that's the shanaki, is it as, as and, well?
0: And on that on that note, it's going to be overnight. It's going to be Sloncha. Sloncha. We're going to finish our cup of chocolate chai, tea tonic tea. We're going to tell you to light the f-ing candles, guys. And we really hope that everybody's having a really good week. Look after yourself. Look after each other. Don't be a cop shot. Yeah. Don't have notions. Don't have notions. Make sure that you know you're not being an eejit. But have the crack. But have the crack. Sloncha. Sloncha.